Hey, y'all, welcome to the Late Night Vision Show, and happy three-year anniversary to my co-host, the infamous, not the famous, the infamous, Mr. Jason Robertson from Outdoor Legacy. He is the owner, uh, founder, president, and dishwasher, (laughs) floor sweeper, and everything in between. Uh, How's it going, Jason? Good to have you on here. Happy three-year anniversary. It, It is great. I want to be clear. Uh, to all of the listeners out there on all the podcast apps as well as YouTube, um, Hans is wishing the Late Night Vision Show a happy anniversary. There's nothing funny going on here. I don't want any rumors getting started and wishing <laughs> me any weird anniversaries. But yes, so this is our 300, not 300, um, <laughs> sorry, not 300. 100 and what 50 156 yeah episode 156 so i it guess is, yeah i guess these days we do have to be more uh, yeah specific about right. our anniversary be, yeah yes, exactly three, uh, three years from today or three actually years. three years from this week we started the late night vision show uh the end of uh right yeah i do remember uh the the right before may because beginning of may is my birthday uh and so yeah i mean Goodness, it's been a long, long road. It's happened very quickly. It seems like it's flown by, and we have put a lot of shows in the can, we so have. to say, in the business. And right? there's probably a lot of them that deserve to be in the can. There's probably some yeah. of our listeners from the beginning that I, I would like. I tell you what, this is this is completely off the cuff. I just thought about this. I know I've talked to a lot of people who have told me, hey, we found the show, or I found it, and I went back and I listened to every episode, which seems absurd to me. Uh, you know, I've had guys say, hey, I went back and listened to every one that, you know, pertained to me or whatever. But I would like to know, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube and you started, you know, watching or listening to this show in the very beginning, all the way back in whatever, three years ago, whatever mm-hmm. that year, what, what year was that? Was that 20? 18, 19? Uh, well, tw- yeah, it's said to have been 2018, right? 2018. Okay. Yeah. If you started listening or watching then, and I don't care if you've, if you've missed episodes, but I mean, you have basically been a, a, uh, a fairly loyal listener or watcher since then. Make a comment in the uh, YouTube comments. I'd like to know. I just think that's, uh, that's pretty cool if you've stuck around that long. Yeah. Uh, because trust me, I didn't want to stick around that long. So if you're still here, then, then that's saying something, but you know, thank you very much to all the listeners and viewers. Uh, there's, there's two things and Hans and I say this a lot. This is totally unprepared because I totally forgot this was the third anniversary. We did not talk about this before the show, but, um, we didn't, I tell you, uh, it, it means a lot, all the views, the listens, the comments, the likes and, and, you know, subscribes and all that stuff. It means a lot to us. It, it keeps us, you know, doing this every week, searching for content and topics and reviews and things to talk about. Uh, it, it, you know, your support is why we're still here. And honestly, at the end of the day, supporting outdoor legacy supporting mm-hmm. uh, our business you know it's outdoorlegacygear.com you know that's we sell thermal and night vision and uh, this show uh, is possible because of outdoor legacy so we have got tons of listeners that have chosen to support Hans and I 
And we just want to say thank you for that, uh, mm-hmm. for choosing us for, you know, all your purchases and your needs. Uh, it's We've greatly enjoyed dealing with you, and we just really appreciate it. So uh, yeah. thank you so, so much. And uh, I am, I'm, that's three years is a long time, long, long time. Thank you to Hans, because uh, I can tell you, I would not be, not be here every week without him. And uh, now that I accidentally assigned him the role and the title of executive producer, uh, not knowing what that meant when I said that word and he ran and got a nameplate made, uh, and got like badges and business cards and (laughs) tried to get, tried to get a raise. But now it's really good because I kind of force him to come up with show notes and uh, yeah, get topics yeah. and get us prepared. So it's it's really been a good thing. So thank you to Hans. I feel like this is a PBS marathon where they or telethon where they're like, this is made possible for uh, exactly like, for, because of viewers like you. So, so, yeah, so hang exactly on. Right. So now we should put our phone number up. Please donate. <laughs> yeah. Please no. donate by buying us by a, a night vision or thermal scope. That's right. That's, uh, there you go. That will help out a lot. You know, I will uh, second that, Jason. Uh, it's been a great three years. Um, you've been a fantastic co-host. You are not a diva at all. Uh, just, uh, unlike what I tell people privately on the phone when they call to ask about you. Um, <laughs> but you awesome. Uh, easy to work with, uh, but the man uh, likes his show notes. He likes to be prepared, which is only a good quality. That's a very good quality in a and a host of the show and as a business owner and an entrepreneur. So good job. And I'm going to tell you, so um, what we were talking about this week and uh, this week's topic, uh, we have another topic show. We don't have a a review. We've had so many lately that we've had some topics built up that we want to get push out to you while they're still, while they're still relevant because we've had so many reviews lately and there's been a lot of things going on. And we really have not given this a lot of discussion on the show uh, since the presidential election, there's a new administration in. This is, uh, if you're watching uh, two years from now, you're watching this at the end of April uh, 2021. Uh, Biden has been in office, uh, President Biden has been in office less than 100 days, uh, close to 100 days, but a little bit less than 100 days. And we are in the midst of a, uh, well, I would say in the midst, it depends on what you think or your how you feel about it, but uh, a pandemic uh, that's been going on. Uh, we had election. We've got a lot of things going on, but the sh- topic of this show and how it relates to our injures- industry is, um, is there an end in sight to the ammo shortage? And that's the topic. If you go into any sporting goods store, well, uh, if you, st- now you may have to stand in line to go to a, in some of these sporting goods stores to get ammo. Uh, but if you're going in sporting goods stores, it's all the people are talking about. Jason, I'm sure that all the old men uh, that usually went up to McDonald's in Nacogdoches to talk about, you know, a cattle sale or something else, I'm sure ammo is very high on that topic. <laughs> you know, That's right. the, the old men eating their, uh, you know, pancakes and drinking their coffee <laughs> at McDonald's. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's the talk of everything. That's what everybody wants to talk about: ammo shortage. Why is it happening? When's it going to loosen up? And we're going to talk a lot about it. We don't have any resolutions. <laughs> we don't have, uh, we don't have a solved a problem, solve problem solving idea or anything like that. But we do, uh, we do want to talk about it because it's something that interests us. And I know a lot of people out there are talking about, but so 
the first thing we're going to do is talk about how the heck did we get to where we're at right now. And I think Jason's been doing, I have to give it to you, man. You do a lot of research for shows, a lot more than I do. I'm, I'm way better at winging it and kind of just faking it. <laughs> and I think you my, don't say my, yeah, my way. And sometimes you say, I steal your ideas, which might be true. But, uh, you know, I think if you say, I'm in the school of thought, if you say something uh, enough and conf- confidently enough, then people will just kind of believe it and move on. So <laughs> I guess that's just kind of what I, I'm not saying that I'll lie or fabricate. I'm just playing with y'all, but, but that's Jason's awesome. way more methodical with his uh, research on, on these topics. So, well, I, I do like numbers. To, so okay, I like, numbers, you do like, so you do like, I like numbers. numbers. And, I'm a numbers guy. And, I mean, yeah, I I'm just, I'm terrible at math, but I'm a numbers yeah. guy. I like to you look are at a numbers them. guy. You are, yeah. you do like to look at numbers. So, yeah. um, in your opinion, Jason, how do we get to this point? Because I know I've got some thoughts on it, but why well, can we not go and get ammo on the shelf right now? Well, I want to say one thing that I think is important to bring up. And uh, I want to be clear from the you know outset of this. I'm sure that it goes without saying that y'all know what Hans and I's uh, you know, political persuasion is, okay? I mean, I don't think that needs any explanation. I'll just say this. I'm, I'm so far right of the Republican Party uh, that I can't see them in my rearview mirror, okay? <laughs> I mean, that goes for Donald Trump, too. I'm so yeah. far right of that. So I am, uh, I, I was, I don't even think it's a thing anymore, but I, I was, uh, the, the Tea Party conservative, man, that was, that was up my, my alley. So I want to say that to say that we got into this mess not because of President Biden or the Democrats, okay? Uh, we got into this, and not because of, of you know, President Trump or the Republicans. But my, my point is, this started when President Trump was still in office, and we didn't have, you know, we had control. We didn't have to worry about the Democrats passing any kind of, you know, gun bills or new laws or anything. So, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I just, we had the Senate, we had the Senate and we right. had, you know, the, the, obviously we had the president. So yeah, you're right. There was nothing going to pass. We didn't have to worry no, about it. Yeah, Anything I just don't. Gonna, you know. I don't. Yeah, I don't think we can just say, "Oh well, we got a we got a Democrat in the White House." That that's not what caused this. This happened with Republicans, you know, basically right. controlling stuff. So, again, not blaming them. I, I don't think this is uh, all political. I think what started it this time is something a little bit different, and I think it's a mm-hmm. a, a combination of things. I think that. Uh, th- there's going to be a big one. I'm going to talk about here towards the end, but I think that. As we started getting into uh, this, you know, coronavirus mess and this pandemic and, you know, all this kind of stuff, we started seeing the supply and demand of everything getting shook up in this whole hunting and shooting industry. And not, let's be clear, not just our industry, in in most industries, especially anything in the outdoors. Um, But uh, we started seeing that and we started seeing... Uh, a demand for thermal and night vision optics. I mean, last year was the largest year ever for the thermal industry, 2020. And we can get into why that is. And, you know, it, but it rolls right along here with the guns and the ammo thing. And we can all come up with our reasons. Was it people were sitting at home and not working? You know, did they not go on vacations and spend their money doing that? Uh, was it 
the stimulus packages? Was it a combination of all this stuff? Whatever it was, people were buying guns and ammo and hunting related stuff like crazy, along with a lot of other sporting goods. Right. And I remember we kind of saw this creeping up. And, you know, if, if you're very old and you've been around the shooting industry, uh, the shooting sports for very long, we see this come and go. I mean, we see these ammo shortages and panic buying. It happens. Everybody runs and it lasts anywhere from, you know, two to four years normally. And uh, everybody's out trying to get all they can get. And we kind of got into that last year and it just continued to get worse and worse and worse throughout the whole year. And I don't think anybody expected it to get as bad as it did. And I think that uh, as we saw a lot of the political unrest, we saw a lot of the, the rioting and the looting and the civil unrest in a lot of the big cities. I think uh, those people, uh, you know, the, the conservatives and not just conservatives, that's something we'll probably talk about in a little bit, but, you know, uh, left leaning uh, citizens as well started buying guns. And they started buying them in droves. And then when the election started coming, every time there's an election every four years, we're going to have, you know, something goofy starts happening with the, the ammo and the supply and demand. Everybody starts buying it, worried about, you know, if a Democrat's going to get in and if they're going to pass no laws, whatever. So right. I don't guess I have to explain all that, but that's just kind of an overview of what happened. But one thing, and here's where the numbers parts come in. This was something that I ran across an article this morning uh, accidentally and started reading some of the, the numbers of new gun sales over the last couple of years. And it was mind blowing to me. And I sent this over to Hans and we think we both found it interesting. And it made me kind of dig in to some of the gun sale numbers over the last few years. And I want to just quickly go over these because I found this fascinating. So, these are the numbers that are from the background checks, from the, the NICS system that the FBI uses when you call in and, uh, you know, a dealer calls uh, for a background check on any gun sale that they perform as a federally uh, licensed firearms dealer. So listen to these numbers here just real quick. Um, the week of March 15th to March 21st was the highest number of background check requests in a single week since 1998. And it was 1,218,000. It was the, well, it's, it's the highest recorded number. 1,218,000. Again, background checks in a one week period. Right. All right. Right. So now I'm going to read you these numbers here and, and I don't want to bore you with these, but I think you're going to see this trend and it's, it's pretty darn interesting. Uh, one nineteen. So January 19, uh, 2019, there were 2.1 million background checks in January of 2020. There were 2.7. Okay. 2.1 to 2.7. Uh, this January four. 4.3 million. 4.3 million. All right. So we move moving along here. Uh, February of 2019, there was 2 million. February of 2020, there was 2.8 million. 
February of 21, 3.4 million. Uh, March of 2019, 2.6 million checks. Uh, March of 20, 3.7 million. 3.21 or uh, March uh, of 2021, 4.7 million. So 2.6, 3.7, 4.7. Seven. Yeah. That is crazy. That's and then crazy. I'll just give you the quick final numbers here as this breakdown. In 2019, there was a total of 28,369,000 background checks. 2020, there were 39,695,000. So that is an increase of uh, 11 million. And to date for 21, January, February, March, and the last, you know, I think the first two weeks of April, uh, we're at 12,452,000. So it is, the numbers are ridiculous. And so, so yeah, go go ahead, go ahead, Hans. Well, I was going to say, and and it broke down the week by week numbers of these, of these spikes in uh, FBI background checks, which is an indicator of people buying uh, new firearms. Mm-hmm. And th- these spikes also coordinated with events that are happening in the news, whether Correct. it be mass shootings, um, you know, other news that's breaking. But it had basically to do with mass shootings, but people protecting themselves. So mm-hmm. an event would happen. The next week, there would be a spike in that's right. uh, new new background check. Uh, and gun registration, no, not gun registration, but background checks. Yeah, background so, checks. So, yeah, I mean, that was uh, a big thing. It also found, you may be getting all into this, I don't know how much of the article, but obviously the uh, largest number was uh, mm-hmm. from uh, pistols, you know, mm-hmm. the familiar calibers, nine millimeters, stuff like that. So pistols, were, and, and that shows you that these aren't um, people out hunting. These, This is right. protection. You know, people are buying these for protection. Um, you know, I, th- those numbers are just staggering. But think about within the last year, um, what we've had happen. Um, last summer, uh, you know, in starting in June 2020, basically was the summer of of riots. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, there was a funny meme that went out, and uh, it was um, they said something like, "Is it?" Uh, riot season already. I haven't taken down my COVID nineteen <laughs> decorations yet. So uh, you know, there's, uh, there's obviously some, some good memes that. that goes you know goes around everything. But so last summer you had the summer of riots because of of uh, Black Lives Matter and a lot of different things. But cities were basically burning down. Uh, you had a pandemic, so people were stuck at home, um, shut down, locked down, cities locked down. Uh, and with those two kind of going at each other, uh, of, of people being bored, people wanting to start trouble, and people feeling the need to be protected, uh, mm-hmm. definitely led to a lot of that uh, just uneasy feeling that you know people wanted to protect their families. But also, <laughs> with that, you were in, in the midst of the final stretch of election season for a new president mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, you know, the whole time people were predicting Joe Biden was going to win. Now we don't trust a lot of what the media says, uh, cause in our own minds, we felt like, uh, that Trump had the, the momentum, but you know, with that going on and people concerned, like you said, every election cycle, 
there's always that concern that somebody's going to come in and pass a bunch of laws or, or do a lot of executive actions to take away gun rights. So that concern, but people, you, you know what, when I talk about this to people, these aren't just Republicans going out and buying guns. Right. These are Democrats, liberals, um, maybe not yeah. far, far left liberals, but the, you know, uh, a liberal person buying a gun. These are not, this is not necessarily just a, uh, a blue and red issue because there are a lot of people on the left well, the, that own guns. Well, that own guns and also Jason believe in the second amendment. Right. Um, and, and so, we're seeing yeah. a lot of that. And like one of the things that I was reading today was the national shooting sports foundation who that's who, uh, puts on the shot show. Okay. They are the, the group that puts that on. That's who all the, the dealers and, you know, you're a member of the national shooting right. sports foundation. So anyway, uh, they did a survey of a lot of these FFLs and these gun dealers. And the estimates were that close to 40% of these gun sales were first time gun buyers. Now, those numbers are staggering. If you stop and think about 40% of millions are first-time gun buyers. So now, I know Hans and I have kind of gone down this, this rabbit trail, and I want to kind of bring this back, but how does this have to do with the ammo shortage? And there's one more thing in there that, that Hans you know, didn't even probably brushed on, but it's kind of where I started. We went back to the supply and demand issue. We had yeah. all these issues uh, with manufacturing, whether it be spreading people apart in factories, whether it was COVID outbreaks and getting shut down, if it was lack of supply of components or parts. Again, not just ammo, but that's what we're honing in here on. So we had all this demand and all these things Hans was talking about going on, but we also had a problem getting the ammo produced that needed to be, and we're, we're still uh, seeing those effects. But the point yeah. I want to make here is we also had these millions of new gun owners who mm -hmm. are going out and buying a firearm and they don't, you know, if, if most of our listeners, if you go out and you buy you a new Glock 19 or you buy you a new AR 15, You've got some ammo at the house. Maybe you don't have as much as you want. Maybe you only got two boxes. You know, maybe right. you got whatever it is. Maybe you got a stockpile of it. But these new gun owners, they're going out there. They don't have any nine yeah. millimeter ammo stacked up. They don't have any 380 or 40 or right. whatever it is because they've never had a gun. So they're trying to buy ammo. And all of us who hunt, are trying to buy him, you know, and, and one of the other things that, that I read in one of these articles was about the, uh, these gun safety classes and training shooting classes were going through the roof in some of these cities and not just cities, but in some of these cities, right. they would open up a class and it would book up within hours. Well, you yeah. got to have ammo for those classes, exactly. you know, and exactly. the, there's an instructor here uh, in, in our small town that is a very well-known instructor. Uh, he was a uh, former Delta force and one of his requirements for his like handgun shooting classes is you show up with a thousand rounds of ammo for a three day class. <laughs> Nowadays, I don't even know how you do that anymore. Three, three boxes. But, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Three boxes do, I can get that. But, but yeah. the, the point is, is that that's just a lot of ammo being yeah. consumed. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. A lot. You know, you know, you talked about supply and demand, which is just another, and in your did, I, I walked right over it. You know, I kind of lumped it in with the COVID thing, but it's different because it's not just the pandemic. Well, I, I guess it is pandemic because everybody was locked at home. Anything hobby related, Jason right. was, I mean, you couldn't get it. You wanted a swimming pool, forget about it. You wanted mm-hmm. a hot tub, forget about it. Yep. You wanted a workout equipment. Not that I was looking uh, for R- workout equipment. Yeah, yeah but you weren't. <laughs> you can RV, bicycles. RVs, I mean, bicycles, golf clubs. You yes. can get anything. Yeah, bicycles. I mean, just I have, there were so many people that were like, man, I just went to Walmart just to find bicycles. Nobody's got bicycles. So mm-hmm. anything hobby related where people, because people had so much time on their hands that they were at home either picking up new hobbies or getting more into their hobbies. And, um, you know, the gun accessory industry right now and in the last year has been just booming. Everybody's paying attention to their rifles and fixing them up and making them look pretty and putting more and more accessories on them. And it's just, there's just, it's a crazy, we talk about it, it's crazy chaotic time, but it's like all of these events happening at one time. It's a perfect you know, storm. Creating, perfect storm. It really know, is. Right? It's, it is, and yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was all these things. But, but now, now that we've moved into twenty twenty one, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, President Biden is in office. Uh, the Democrats uh, have this, you know, very, very tight, you know, right. I, or not? I don't. We're not in real gridlock anymore, and so yeah. it's it's kind of a mess of what we're in. I mean, it's like sometimes I don't even know. It's like one seat here, one seat there. There's you, some there's some tits for tat. You know, you just don't know for sure. You're uh, you're yeah. You're a very busy man. You are uh, on the phone almost every day. Uh, I, I you watch try to Fox check out the news, news like eight hours a day. So I know the truth. I am a a news junkie, a news consumer. I'm listening. I don't to have a lot cable. Of so. Yeah, I'm I'm on podcasts. I like news related podcasts. And um, so Biden, well, we'll get right into the Biden administration and, and what, what his plans are. But Biden ran on um, a part, he ran on a platform as a moderate, basically is how he sold himself to America. I'm a moderate, uh, you know, uh, you, I'm going to go down as a president that uh, is, he said, he called himself, I'm going to be boring because basically making fun of the last four years with Trump and right. that it was chaos and all of that stuff. We know it was chaos because it was media created chaos. But uh, exactly. Biden said, I'm just going to be, I'm a moderate. I'm just like you right down the, right down the center. And you have nothing <laughs> to fear with me, folks. President Biden is anything but a moderate. He is, this will go down as the most progressive uh, administration in history. I mean, they have $10,000 worth of spend and I'm sorry, 10,000, $10 trillion worth of spending packages, uh, that they're trying to rush through Congress before the next, uh, election cycle in 2022, when they probably more than likely are going to lose control of the house. Um, and, and their basically highway to get legislation done easily is going to be gone. Uh, they're trying to talk about uh, getting rid of the filibuster, which every Democrat was against two years ago, and Biden was has always been against it. Um, now everybody on that side is in favor of it. <laughs> they think it's a great idea to get rid of the filibuster, and we all know why. is because it makes it a lot easier for them to pass what they want to do, all of their 
spending packages and turn their executive actions into law. But, but yeah, like I said, Biden is going down as anything but a moderate. He is the most progressive president uh, that we will have seen in our lifetime. I hope it doesn't get any more difficult than what we got now. But I want to talk about some of the actions that he's taken or or proposed to take uh, in a, the very short amount of time as it turns as it relates to guns. As you know, I hate it when they call these Jason when they call these things mass shootings. You know, no. it's it's an attempt to drum up more fear and anxiety into people, uh, and that's. The Democrats, we're going to get way political, but the Democrats are... I think you are, already have. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to get banned by this. This is the end of the I, late night vision I, show. I was just Happy thinking to myself, <laughs> this is probably going to be the first show that we get banned on We get YouTube. banned, yeah. We've said too much. Just don't start talking about COVID-19 and vaccines, and we'll I think we'll clear all the red tape. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that, that the Democrats are the party of chaos. And why I say that is because chaos to them represents opportunities to get their agenda passed through or get, get their agenda done is the, it's the next crisis, the next chaotic event. We've got to come up with, you know, new laws to combat everything. And that's the way we're going to do it is everything has to be just, um, invoking fear and, and racism and everything. Never I mean, let a good crisis go to waste. Go to waste. Yeah, that's a famous that's line from Barack Obama. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they call these things mass shootings, and the definition of a mass shooting, I think, is if four or more people are shot in one event, and they call it a mass shooting. <laughs> there are right. some theories as to why that number is four and not smaller than four, and I'll go ahead and repeat those. I, I don't know that these are true. It's alleged, but... Uh, the the left does not want to c- count uh, gang violence into that number mm-hmm. as far as mass shootings. Uh, so that's why the number is four, because to- typically uh, gang related violence shows up as um, as fewer than four people being shot. Um, and there are some racial reasons why they don't want to put gang violence in that number. Uh, I'm not going to go any further than that. Uh, but, but, uh, so they, when there, there's been, I think two or three mass shootings this year so far that they've talked about, uh, in the media and they've really, um, they've been tragic. There no shooting is good to see it. It all creates panic and panic for a lot of people. There are a lot of concern. I think it, obviously it concerns you and I, Jason, with our families and our kids out and, and sure. protection and sometimes how random these shootings are is, is the scariest part. Uh, the media doesn't help by um, shining a spotlight on these people that act out in this way and, and kind of making them famous, uh, which which should stop. Uh, you know, it, it should not continue. But, but anyway, whenever these uh, mass shootings um, happen, it gives the Democrats a chaotic event or a crisis event to – uh, get their agenda done. And there's no better time than the present for them, especially knowing that they're going to lose control in the next year and a half. So uh, the some of the executive actions that have been either signed by President Biden or or um, are, are promised to come down or are looking at being uh, you know sent down and, and put into law. Uh, the first one, something you and I've talked about quite a bit 
on previous shows, AR pistol braces. Um, there was a big deal where the uh, during the Trump administration, the ATF kind of went rogue, and they started acting like they were going to uh, ban pistol braces. And there were some good Republicans on our side that kind of pushed enough to get uh, the ATF to back off of that. And they, I think they did like a 60 or 90 day cool off period where they weren't going to, you know, enforce any law. Uh, well, pri- president Biden said now that within the next 90 days, he wants the ATF to come up with a clear definition of what a pistol brace is. And in so doing so, it gives them the ability to, um, to start regulating pistol braces versus short, short barrel, uh, rifles. You can we all kiss know, your kiss, uh, pistol brace goodbye is basically what this yeah. is coming down to. I don't think, so, this, yeah. I mean, is there any question? I mean, there, there's no way you're going to be able to keep your pistol brace, right? I mean, no, you think you're I mean, going to? And, and the reason why this came up, I think there was a shooter recently that had a, a, a AR with a pistol yeah. brace on but it. But that's not really the reason that it came up. Let's be clear. No, I mean, this they, is yeah. just, that's what they yeah. used to, to bring it up. I mean, it was already brought yeah. up last year. So this was just the excuse. It is an excuse. Um, you know, we all know what this is. Any attempt to make owning a gun more difficult, more difficult is the plan and at all cost. It doesn't, I mean, there is no method to the madness. There's sometimes no rhyme or reason. It's what, and these are just some of the, the um, regulations that are being proposed. Think about all the, probably the hundreds that are being talked about on the other side that they are trying to pass through or, or get done or whatever. I mean, on a, probably on a yearly basis that these gun advocates uh, or, or, you know, people trying to get rid of guns are, are trying to do. But uh, so AR bristle bases, braces, we all know about that. We've talked about it. They're trying to get a clear definition to regulate that um, there. Uh, President Biden has appointed a gentleman by the name of David Chipman to lead the ATF. Now he does have to be confirmed by the Senate. And uh, mm-hmm. that has not the, the hearings on that has not taken place, but David Chipman, uh, Jason did some research. Um, I did some social media research, which turned out to not be accurate. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> don't listen to social media. He's a, he's but, a bad character though. I mean, you, he's yeah. So he his uh, yeah, confirmed he no quotes friend. and things that he said, he's no, no yeah. friend of, of the gun owner. He is a, uh, lifelong uh, law enforcement officer, highly decorated, as they say, and he would knock on your door and take your guns if he could. <laughs> I don't care what they say about him. I mean, he's got some quotes. I mean, even some yeah. recent stuff that will just boggle your mind. It's this guy's yeah. not who we want leading the ATF. But, you know, that's to be expected. Um, did anybody think that? President Biden or a Democrat president would no. put somebody that's gun friendly um, leading the ATF. So I can't say that anybody should be completely shocked by that. That doesn't make me happy. That doesn't make me breathe a sigh of relief. It doesn't even make me feel like that they're putting somebody there that's going to try to work with the gun community or be fair to the gun community. No. Um, but at the end of the day, I kind of expected it. The thing um, I think that really it has come out recently. I don't think that this was mentioned by president Biden, but this was mentioned, uh, by a, 
um, a group of senators or uh, rep- representatives, I can't remember which, uh, but they are putting together a, a bill. It's called the HERE Act, and it is a uh, they're trying to ban suppressors. That really kind of threw me off. That came out of left field because I don't mm-hmm. know if really anybody in politics, Jason, has been talking about that all, at all. And then to see that come up on the news um, and, and hear uh, people in Congress, you know, saying why and giving the reasons why, uh, you know, suppressors need to be banned. It tells you, I mean, it just shows you it's another example of they're going after anything you can put on a rifle. They're going after it and they're going after it hard because they want to make sure it's, it's as difficult as possible to own a gun. Uh, you know, suppressors. You know? Well, they don't, don't know mean, anything about them. I saw the quote from uh, yeah. one of the, whichever it was, I don't know if it was a representative, whichever one of the, the men that it was. Yeah. Uh, it was James, James Clyburn, I think was the one. Yeah. I think he's from South Carolina. I can't remember. One, exactly. one of them who, who did it, I saw a quote and he said that suppressors were designed to uh, allow or, or not allow people to hear the gunfire, to not run, to not hide, mm-hmm. to not call the police, to not do whatever. And what I'm thinking is, is that, uh, they've watched too many James Bond movies, <laughs> yeah. and they haven't been hunting with me because I still wear hearing protection when I'm on the yeah. bench with a suppressor. Now, I don't when I'm in the field, but if uh, if he thinks it's so quiet that he won't know to call the police or to run and duck and hide, then maybe he needs to come stand beside me and let me do a mag dump with my suppressor and, you know, a 6.5 Grendel or even a 300 Blackout and just see if uh, his ears are ringing, uh, if he's able to to hear 911 when his ears are ringing from me, uh, you know, unleashing all those rounds because, yes, it is quieter. But it is still loud. Still I mean, loud. it is. You're you're gonna know about it. You're gonna hear it. And I just think that. But but this goes to show all these things is that these these men and women uh, that are proposing these things they don't understand them. They haven't been around mm-hmm. them. I mean, and I no, think if you no. could get them around, just like I said, hey, come out here, come stand beside me while I'm shooting. I mean, mm-hmm. listen to this. How quiet is it really? And uh, I think it might do them a little bit of good, just some basic education. Uh, to, and them, up is down, left is right, cold is hot. I mean, Touché. to them it wouldn't matter. You know, I, I think uh, um, I, I think that it's important um, that we we do understand and talk about this. Is you know we need to call them on their hypocrisy. Um, it, it's crazy to me and and asinine that in Europe, which they always say as hold up, you know, Europe is the model of the example of the way the world should work right. uh, in Europe. Anybody, just about anybody in many parts of Europe, anybody can buy a suppressor in some places it's required on your rifle when you're shooting to, to have a suppressor. So it just seems, seems crazy that, um, Europe, I mean, <laughs> do they just know more or, or, or right. what than the We're going to have to start going to, to their model for to get our <laughs> to yeah. get our gun freedoms. That's sad. Exactly, exactly. So we have the suppressor fight. Um, that's you know I don't know if that's going to get any traction. There is a bill though that has been put up. It will it will pass through the house. There's no doubt. Everything's passing through the house like crazy. Um, another one we all know uh, what they call high capacity magazines. Um, that is something that's been stuck in their crawl 
for I guess since the when Magpul first came on the market, I don't know, <laughs> but they <laughs> it has been stuck in their crawl and they can't get it out uh, as far as high capacity magazines. Um, you know the it just scares them to death. Um, and the the other one, uh, yeah, there might be more, but I think the the most one of the most important things and I tried to pick out the the more important things was um, they're uh, trying to stop the importation of of firearms, um, firearms, accessories, and ammo. So nothing imported right. in overseas that's firearm related. And uh, yeah. that's a big deal. I mean, there's um, there's a lot of stuff that comes in from overseas. Think about all the people that are shooting 7.62 by 39 uh, mm-hmm. rifles right now because that ammo is so, so cheap, but all of it's coming over uh, you know, from overseas right now. So, I mean, that's be a huge impact on a on a big segment of, of the gun, you know, gun owners and people who like to shoot. So those are just, uh, yeah, I uh, think, uh, yeah, all the things you just named are, are the, now that we have, you know, the Democrats in, these are the things that are now pushing this, this ammo, you know, shortage and Mm -hmm. this frenzy. And I, I know that I talk to guys, you know, all day, every day. And this topic comes up a lot of times in our discussions and I don't, I don't think most people think this, but I do hear sometimes, uh, especially I sit on social media, well, it's just the ammo hoarders. Well, it's just the guys that are going down there and hoarding this ammo. And if they would quit buying all the ammo, there'd be ammo to be had. That, there's not enough of those guys. There's these, these numbers here of these millions of people buying guns that they need ammo for and new gun owners who need more than, than you and I. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I know there's guys that go down there and stand there in line. They're retired or whatever. They don't work and they buy uh, all the ammo they can, two boxes at a time. I don't know. I, I don't live in a town that has a store where you can buy ammo uh, like that. So I don't know how big a problem that is. But the, the point I'm making is that all of these things, as we talked about starting all the way back in 2020 and now this uh, with with President Biden, and these things that he's proposing and some of the other Democrats, we've got some major stuff. So I think the big question that everybody has is when is this going to end and when is it going to get back to normal? And I've talked to a lot of people that are in this industry, industry insiders that are uh, in the ammo business, uh, distributors, um, I've spoken to some manufacturers, and the general consensus is it's not going to stop. It's not going to get better, and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And I'm not here to be the bearer of bad news, but right now, um, short of some sort of an economic collapse where people don't have the money to go buy ammo. And when you get into that kind of situation, people will probably buy ammo before they buy bread. So I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but short of something like that, uh, I think there is an absolute bare minimum of two years. I mean, I think, I think until the midterms, and if we can hope that the Republicans went in and took control then, uh, that could give us some breathing room 
And I'm not saying it's, I'm not even predicting that it's going to get better in two years because I just tell the truth, I don't think it will. I, I don't personally believe we'll be out of this uh, even close in two years if we win every single thing that we can. But I think that is the first chance that we've got to come out of this. And the only way around that, the only thing that could happen is I think if all this stuff dies down, everybody quits talking about it. There's no more shootings on CNN that everybody's talking about. The the President Biden forgets about this stuff, which that's possible he could do. And yeah. that the that it just doesn't get mentioned. And manufacturing gets all the way back up. You know, Remington's back up and running full steam ahead 24 hours a day now. Uh, that was some news that broke in the last few weeks. That's going to be more ammo on the shelves. I think there's a chance that if, all those things happen, we could see some supply uh, catching back up with the demand. But I just don't I just don't see it happening. I just cannot imagine it happening in the next two years. I mean, am I wrong, Hans? Yeah. No, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, the biggest hoarder of ammo is U.S. government. <laughs> and yes. a, a lot of these uh, annual manuf- ammo manufacturers are trying to keep up with their orders from the U.S. government, which is also causing... Um, a, a an issue <laughs> one of my yeah. favorite ammo manufacturers has been down for a long time and it's because of that it, it turns out so yeah i've um, talked to two ammo manufacturers uh, in the last month um who are smaller but have a name brand that if we said it you'd probably know who they were and both of them are uh dealing with big government contracts and we're talking to the tunes of millions upon hundreds of millions of rounds Mm -hmm. and those contracts are very very lucrative and so we're having to compete joe consumer with with those and you know you can't blame a business that you know uh can make a whole lot of money selling every one of their, you know, pieces of ammo, putting it in a box, putting it on a pallet and going to the same place. You know I mean? So yeah. uh, that, that's the competition right now as well is competing with, with the government. Government. Well, so folks, we promised um, we wouldn't have an answer. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. to win this, uh, to the silver bullet, that's going to cause you to be able to find more ammo. Um, but hopefully you've, heard something new maybe you well, did maybe you did yeah but and, and i want to make us feel better talking that's about this right kind of we can stuff. talk about it we feel better well i want to close on this and, and this is something that i'm getting this question daily i had three guys today ask me about it that were mind scopes from us and it's the topic of hey what new caliber should i buy what rifle should i buy for hog hunting or coyote hunting or whatever and i I mean, I can't help but laugh. The idea of buying a new caliber right now to me just seems absurd. But here's my comment to you or to anyone else who's considering it. Um, Go find the ammo that you're able to buy for whatever calibers and choose one of those calibers. And you go, well, I can't find any ammo then I don't know what to tell you. But I would personally not buy a new caliber unless I already had a thousand rounds sitting on the shelf of it. I mean if I yeah. couldn't if I couldn't source that ammo first. I'm talking about for hunting. I'm not talking about I'm just gonna buy it and, you know, I'm gonna go deer hunting. I'm gonna shoot a, you know, 
few rounds a year, that kind of thing. I'm going to put it in the, the safe and pull it back out for 30 or 60 days. Well, that, that's different. But you're talking about hog hunting, coyote hunting, where you're actually out actively using it and burning through ammo and, you know, again, practicing and target shooting. Uh, I, I would not buy a caliber that you don't already have the ammo pot for. Because uh, in these same conversations, I've got guys that go, Hey, man, I heard you and Hans talk about these 6.5 Grindles. Man, y'all have gone on and on about them. I bought a 6.5 Grindle, and I do not have one box of ammo. And y'all said you like this Hornady ammo, and I saw it come up, but it was $4 a round. And I'm like, I hope you didn't buy it, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so the point is, uh, it's a big topic, and I'm not saying don't buy guns, okay? I'm, I'm not at all, but I'm saying you, you need to be considering where and how you're going to get the ammo first so that's exactly. my my two cents on that which caliber to buy the caliber you can get ammo yeah, yeah exactly right well um so folks we appreciate y'all being with us today i'm gonna switch things up jason i'm gonna do the pre-close you're probably wondering what i'm doing <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna flip the script here we appreciate y'all watching episode 156 of the late night vision show um as always you can find more episodes of the late night vision show on www thelatenightvisionshow.com. Uh, also, you can find uh, Jason um, over at Outdoor Legacy Gear uh, on Instagram, on Facebook. If you're interested in purchasing any night vision or thermal optic, you can do so on outdoorlegacygear.com. That's outdoorlegacygear.com for all your night vision thermal needs. Um, you can find me on uh, YouTube at Hans ETX. That's H-A-N-S-E-T-X. And on Instagram. Uh, and also you can find uh, my blog at HansETX.com. And uh, we appreciate y'all watching today. Yeah, folks, thank you very much. We've enjoyed the last three years. Uh, we uh, hope to be here for uh, many episodes and years longer, good Lord willing. Uh, so, again, thanks for coming back every week. Uh, between now and next week, which we do plan to be back. Hans is the, the slave driver. He's going to make me be back next week with another episode. But between now and then, uh, y'all stay safe in the fields and keep making those bacon pancakes. <laughs>